I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. We have an exciting event coming up, and the best part is you can join without leaving your house or putting on pants. Ha! We have partnered up with Get Vocal for our first ever live streaming show. For four Wednesdays in a row, we will be bringing you all the things you love about Datable in an interactive live streaming format. That means if you want to, you can call in at any time and be a guest during our show. Got a burning question? Have a comment on an episode? Have a topic you want to discuss? Just download the Get Vocal app, spelled G-E-T-V-O-K-L. Search for The Dateable Podcast and join our live show on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific time. And if you're listening to this episode on January 15th, tonight's our first episode. So come on, let's get vocal. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another bonus episode of The Dateable Podcast. 
So in case you followed our social media, we went to New York in October of 2019. Yeah. Uh, where we were invited by Circle and The Wing to do an, another talk. And so just a little background on what Circle is. Circle is an organization that promotes intergenerational networking, bringing people of different generations together to network and to learn from each yep. other. And um, Charlotte, who is the founder of Circle, was the one that brought us to this event that was held at the wing in Soho in New York City. So we had a really good time. And that's where we originally met Amanda and Inez, who mm. was on one of our past episodes, season eight, episode 14, mm. Love Dating and Ghosting Across Ages. They were the best friends best friends that were um, Amanda's 32 and Inez is 71. So they talk about just intergenerational differences. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where we went here as well with Circle is we did a live podcast, which was super fun. And we brought up people of different generations and different age ranges. We had someone right in their 20s. Mm-hmm. We represented 30s. Yeah. And then we had someone that was 40 plus. Yeah. And she was actually in her 60s. Yeah. And looked damn good. She did. <laughs> <laughs> she was funny too. They were both funny. We actually took a risk with this of mm-hmm. kind of taking live people in the audience that we didn't know it worked out phenomenally. So you guys will be entertained by this episode, but also you'll learn a a thing or two. You guys won't hear this necessarily in the episode, but before we started recording the podcast, it was we had breakout sessions where people would kind of talk with a couple people about what their past self would tell their future self. And it definitely, I don't know about you, UA, but it brought back some things for me that was like, oh, I just like really thought like the world was going to end if someone didn't text me back. And now I'm like, who was that? I don't even remember his name, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it definitely brings you back and like teaches you a lot of like things that used to dwell on at one page might not be that essential now. One trigger for me for that question was the people I really remember from my past are based on how they made me feel mm. and not so much who they were. So I'm now more conscious of how I treat the people around me because it's about how I make them feel. Yeah, I think the other thing for me too, I think especially doing this podcast, is you just don't know what's happening in other people's lives Mm -hmm. and not everything is so freaking personal. Yeah. And advice I would definitely give my younger self is to like not take every last text not returned or like day that goes by to mean that like someone just like doesn't like you anymore or doing all that stuff. Yeah. Don't take it too personally because when you're in your 60s, none of this matters. (laughs) Just listen to this episode. Without further ado, here we go. Mary Jane uh-huh. and Liz. Liz. Mary Jane, Liz. Mary Jane, how old are you? I'm 67. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> and Liz, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. I okay. look great too, right? You look fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Not a day over 12. Exactly. <laughs> Better than Botox. I'm selling vials of blood over there. I'll inject your face later. <laughs> and Julie, how old are you? I am 36. And I am 38. Great. Okay. So uh, we're going to do this just like how we would do our podcast. So record it in three, two, one. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We are here at the Wing Soho in New York City. (laughs) In front of a live studio audience. There's thousands of them out there. (laughs) Our topic today, we're doing this in conjunction with Circle, which is an organization that promotes intergenerational networking. And from 
multiple generations, we can learn a lot about dating. And so we were able to finagle two victims from the audience <laughs> to come and do this live recording with us, Mary Jane, who is 67, uh -huh. and Liz, who's 29. And we also have Julie, who's 36, and I am 38. We're representing, not representing, but we like to speak from our experience being in our age range. So the very first question for all of you, Julie. Yeah, so when it comes to dating and relationships, what is something that you've seen now that surprises you that you didn't experience a few years ago? Are you asking both of us? Yeah, whoever uh, wants to go okay. first. <laughs> sure. Well, this is kind of working off what something that Inez had said, because I'm an excellent dater and I'm lousy at relationships. Uh-huh. Two divorces in, uh, but I love dating. And it amazes me that in your 60s, I date up, usually down, uh, meaning younger. How, okay. how far down? Oh, usually, <laughs> and, I mean. 30s, 20s. No, 30s, we'd have nothing in common. But I, 40s is good, 50s is good. But I can't, I can't get over the ghosting thing when you're mm. a grown-up. I mean, really, asshole. Just, <laughs> just say if you're not into it. I mean, how so hard is I it? would just say the rudeness. I like online. It's fun. I don't. I take it all. Blah, 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 blah. But if you don't want to see me, say it. The thing we've learned about ghosting, because we've done so many, we've done nine seasons of the Dateable podcast. Men and women all ghost. Okay, it's oh, not just oh, men yes. ghosting. We are all guilty of ghosting. Yes. Basically, you're just being a wimp. That's what that yes. means. Liz, what about you? I feel like, you know, everybody always has a side to it. When you get ghosted, you're like, how dare they? But then, like, when you don't like someone, you're like, well, you know, I just, uh, uh, and you're like, well, we both have to be held to certain standards here about maturity and sort of just being real with each other. But I think the other side of ghosting that I talk a lot about with my friends is breadcrumbing. Mm. Mm. Ines, do you know what breadcrumbing is? No, because I'm being told. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a good thing. Do you it's want to define for everyone what breadcrumbing is? Define. What what's the the breadcrumbs in that fairy tale where it's a good thing oh, or no, you know they get, Gretel. yeah they get led to like the candy <laughs> yes. house like no breadcrumbing <laughs> is when someone continues to reach out to you and send you text messages or DMs or Facebook messages, but they have no intention of actually dating you or seeing you, but it's more coming from a place of their own self-loneliness and sort of um, inability to like face up to the fact that they're by themselves, but they don't actually want to be with you. So it, it's like a lose-lose for both people. And it's a really selfish thing, but it's sort of come out of the fact that a lot of people, particularly young people, are, are on dating apps and they don't have this per personal relationship with you and therefore they don't have the, uh, how do you say it, like they don't give a fuck about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, playing around with you, you again. because yeah. they don't have that deep relationship and so they feel that they can like keep reaching out and being like, well, you're there, you're there, but like I'm still gonna, you know, play the field and like I'm still gonna look around, but I just want to know for my own sake that you're gonna be around and so. It's that lack of accountability. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what we've seen with online dating because you're just a profile, so people 
swipe on you like you're just a profile, not a real human being. And that's where the ghosting happens. But my question for you, Mary Jane, is did ghosting happen before, back in the day? I, I want to say back in the day. We breadcrumbed and we ghosted. We just, <laughs> it's not a new we thing. We called names. it a different thing. <laughs> I was, you know, you'd be a great flirt, meaning boom, boom, boom. You didn't mean anything. So that's breadcrumb. Mm. Uh, and ghosting is giving everybody the wrong number. You know, you're just like, yeah, sure. The rejection and line, you remember, do you remember that? that? Right? It's what we did. So, I mean. <laughs> but but my objection is ghosting after like six months going out. Anyway, so yeah, sure. It's human nature. I just think it's way amplified. So it's more prevalent nowadays. I'm guessing it's because back in the day, your network is smaller. So if you ghost your neighbor or your coworker, you're going to have to see their face again. These days, especially in New York, you could ghost on someone and you may never see them again. That's okay. So UA, what was yours? So we had ghosting, breadcrumbing. What's from the 30s? You know, I think something that I find very surprising in myself is that a person's relationship experience matters so much more to me now. And I say this because I have a thing for divorced men. I think that if you are in your late 30s and you're or early 40s and you've been married before, that's like a gold star in my book. I'm like, oh, you've been through it. You know what it's like to be in a relationship. You know what it's like to commit. When I was in my 20s, that was never a thing. I did not want to date anybody who had been in long-term relationships because I wanted them to be fresh and new. But now it's like, <laughs> if you've been through it, then I like you. All right, next question is, what do you enjoy the most about your love life right now? It's time to take a break and talk about your mental health. Does the thought of the new year seem daunting? Do you feel anxious about all the things you should be achieving this year? The beginning of the year is the perfect time to talk things out with an expert. Now with BetterHelp, you can experience online counseling and connect with professional, credible, and compassionate counselors in a safe and private online environment. Everything stays confidential and you can always change your counselor. With 3,000 US licensed therapists across 50 states, and your choice of communication modes, including text, chat, phone, and video, BetterHelp makes it easier for you to find help. And we generally think of therapy as costly, but BetterHelp is truly an affordable option. Now for Dateable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code DATEABLE. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com dateable. Simply fill out a questionnaire to assess your needs and get matched with a suitable counselor. Again, that's betterhelp.com dateable and use the code D-A-T-E A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Now back to this episode. What do you enjoy the most about your love life right now? Oh, that's easy right now uh, because I'm concentrating on one person for mm -hmm. the last couple of months and it has been a while. That's something also, Inez, that I really got what you said. It's, it's, it's really delicious to just take some time off. Somebody comes up, great. You go offline for as long as six months. Mm -hmm. um, and this person I met in real life and I'm enjoying the one-on-one -on -one as a break. Okay, um, but you're taking time for yourself. No, I had been taking time for myself, and I met this person in real life, Got and it. I'm enjoying uh, building a relationship. Do you want to give us some advice on how to meet people IRL? Because apparently that's a challenge. <laughs> See, that's, that is what I think is a shade, but I actually met this person, I was... Uh, I'm a writer and I met this guy, he's not a writer, but he was smart enough to go to a writer's conference and he was cute and smart and I 
went over to him. I'm not shy. As I'm, see, that's the thing is we would look each other in the eye, and if somebody was hot, you just go over and introduce yourself. I still have those habits. I would say you've heard this before, but look up from your tablet, <laughs> and if someone's adorable, you only live once. You know. Uh, I heard a really great piece of advice is after you step into a room, try to look at five faces. Yeah. Because nowadays we just glance over people and we don't really know what they look like. When was the last time you were in like a Lyft line or Uber pool and you knew who the people look like that were riding with you? I can't remember the last time. Just like look this. At them. <laughs> yeah. Look at faces and yeah. it helps you to start conversations. Yeah. Liz? Yeah, definitely. Um, my friends and I call it kindergarten style, where uh, I go, go kindergarten style on it, which means you go into a room and you're like, hi, what's your name? Because there is no sort of inhibition. You know, you just tap the person and you're like, hi, there's nothing to lose. And I think, you know, with the dating apps and with everybody sort of on their phones all the time, it's prevented us from being able to interact with each other in real life situations. So I think the advice that Inez gave about like going out, sitting and having brunch by yourself, going on a trip by yourself, learning how to be with yourself and being comfortable with yourself, that's like the best thing that's ever happened to me because I just came back from Copenhagen and I was by yeah. myself completely nice. and it was like, <laughs> unbelievable people yeah. come up to you left and right and they're like what are you doing here what are you doing here and it had nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't blonde and blue-eyed I guarantee that hopefully it wasn't <laughs> but um, you know I go out to brunch and just not being so connected to the phone because I wasn't meeting anybody on the apps and I still don't meet anybody on the apps I meet everybody in person because it's through that personal connection without having to look at the pictures or look at these stupid descriptions that don't really even say anything about yourself. I feel like that's what's driving things you, right now. You bring up a really fascinating point, which is I think with a lot of dating apps, it's gamified dating, which means there's winning and losing. And sometimes that mindset is really toxic because you think, oh, I'm just trying to get as many matches as possible. Why didn't this person respond back to my text? Why didn't this person like me back? It becomes about the other person and winning against them. And it's so, not so much about this kindergarten um, mentality, which I love, which is I just want to play. Yeah. I just want to get to know you and play. So I'm going to yeah. play devil's advocate because I think the question was, what do you like about your dating life the most right now? And I think actually... There is a time and place for dating apps. Like, I'm definitely oh, yeah. all for meeting people in real life, but there's been people that I would have never met before if it wasn't for a dating app. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think, too, like, the older you get, too, like, now in, like, I don't want to say late 30s yet, mid 30s still. <laughs> but, like, the more, I'm not, I don't want to go out as much. Like, more friends are, like, losing your wing woman, right? So it's, like, it's nice that you can meet people so easily online, too. So I think there's pros and cons to everything, but that's definitely a pro. And that's, you know, we can't blame technology. We have to use it for good and not for evil. We can't keep blaming technology because it's not going anywhere, you guys. VR dating is really close. <laughs> Pretty soon we're all going to be wearing VR 
your headsets and ghosting each other. It's just, I don't know what that looks like. It's like your avatar disappeared. What I would happen. love to do, I would love to do an experiment where yeah. you host a part. We should do it, actually. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't even know what it is, but I'm down. Okay, here's the experiment. Next Saturday night, or okay. no one goes out on Saturdays. Yeah, Saturday's so, the worst night to right. go out. Thursdays, Wednesday. Next Thursday night, you host a party of okay. 50 people. Mm. 25 girls, 25 guys that don't have any connection between each other. And okay. they're allowed to bring their phones. I host a party in a better venue. Um, 25 guys, 25 girls. They're, they have to check their phones at the door. Is this an A-B test? I love it. I wish that there was a way to measure how many more people got laid at my party than their party because I feel like it would be massive. We have too many variables. Spoken from a researcher researcher here. I reject this challenge. But Liz, you didn't you didn't answer the question, what do you like the most about your love life, your dating life right now? Um, I mean, I am born and raised in New York. I grew up in a very traditional Italian Jewish uh, family. So every time I would call home, um, my mom would pick up the phone and be like, hi, did you meet anyone? Oh, you wow. meet someone? And it's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, oh, all right. Well, everything else okay? And it's like, am I not of value if yeah. I wow. don't? have somebody if I don't meet somebody and so when you're growing up with that constant call in your head you start to believe it and so growing up like in the 20s in New York without anybody was really hard for me which I know probably sounds like eye roll like oh my god so hard but like you know it's particularly hard when you're a millennial and you've got all this dating apps and bullshit whatever and then you're trying to tell yourself like go out explore the world do things you are a person and you have value without having a boyfriend. Yeah. And so I, now that I'm almost turning 30, I'm coming into that freedom and I feel like it's that freedom that has been so, so sweet because I feel like I needed to find that in order to get to the next like level. Yeah, I want to hear from Mary Jane. At what point do you let go of all the societal pressures? Oh, the that's what family I Family pressures, yes. the biological clock. When do you get over that? Well, I never had a biological clock. I never wanted kids. That's my issue. I never, I never wanted them. But it is such a wonderful liberation when I had been married twice. I'm a dating machine. And when I, I, I wanted to put a little stop to that. But um, I would say for me, it was in my 50s when I just didn't need a man anymore. And that was, uh, my mother never gave, gave me that, except when I was very young, and then she just gave up. And I just uh, realized time was getting shorter, I didn't need a mate anymore, and I was perfectly happy. And I also enjoyed, enjoyed dating and online too. I think, I think it was just like, I didn't have any more expectations. I didn't want to marry again. I didn't want to live with you again. And so it was um, kind of joy. Mm. And I would say, Inez, if I were going to put you on a nap, I would say Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on Tinder, Inez? <laughs> well, I don't know what it's like now, but when I first got back after my um, marriage was over and it was early 50s, I had such fun because I didn't, I didn't want anything. 
So we gave advice from our younger self earlier. What would you say to your older self if you had to look into the future? Time for a quick break because I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Do you sometimes find it hard to whip up healthy and easy meals that are actually delicious? That's where Sunbasket comes in, a service which delivers organic pre-measured ingredients and quick healthy recipes right to your door. Two selling points for me about Sunbasket. One is that it was founded in San Francisco. And two is that Justine Kelly, the award-winning chef from the famous restaurant Slanted Door, created the recipes. Sunbasket's dietitian-approved meal plans cater to many diet needs and preferences. You can mix and match recipes across the full menu, regardless of your meal plan. I recently made the salmon burgers and it was like restaurant quality. Get your hands on quality seasonal ingredients, organic produce, responsibly raised meats, free from antibiotics and added hormones, sustainably sourced seafood, and healthy, delicious 30-minute recipes now. Because Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right to sunbasket.com slash datable and enter the code datable at checkout. Again, that's $35 off your order. Just go to sunbasket.com slash datable and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to the show. So we gave advice from our younger self earlier. What would you say to your older self if you had to look into the future? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say to my older self, because I I don't know how many years that would be. I, I think it's for me now in life getting to be comfortable with someone else and not always looking beyond his horizon. <laughs> That's a big thing for me. So it's relaxing with someone. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still caught in the present and past. I can't even like. <laughs> you like, like I'm just trying to plan that party. Right? <laughs> I'm still on that party next That's Thursday. That's future. That's still future. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, like my past, like I've learned that it's not always so personal. Like I think, like sometimes when someone ghosted you or wasn't responding. Like that's something that like I would take really personally and yeah. learned over the years that you have no idea what's going on in someone's life, especially if you've gone on like what two dates with them, yes. spent like four hours, like you don't know. Yeah. So I think the advice I would give my future self is to like chill out a little and just like enjoy mm-hmm. it and like yes. see what happens and not be so focused on an outcome and something you really can't control anyways. Yeah, I think that's key. Yeah, and then someone today was telling me about her relationship with her wife and what she would tell her future self. <laughs> and she was like, listen, like, you know, we all fantasize about getting married or being in a relationship, a long-term relationship, and we think it's all roses and dandelions and rainbows. And she's like, actually, you know, it's really fucking hard work. Every single day, I need to wake up and remind myself of why I'm with this person and that it's a commitment and it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be fun. And some days I'm not even going to know why I'm here, quite frankly. And it's just refreshing to hear that because I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Yeah, the reality. Um, The reality is, and like, you're going to have off days, you're going to have off years, you're going to have kids, it's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of like responsibility that comes with all that. And so she goes, what keeps me going though, is knowing that the partner that I have is worth it. 
And I say to myself, it's worth it because she's in this with me and we're going through it together and it's worth it for me to keep trying and to keep through the commitment. And so I I think that I hope I tell myself that in the future of like, it was all worth it. I was going to say, for someone that didn't have a future self, you just like killed it. Yes, you just yourself like, damn, <laughs> Thank you for that piece of advice. <laughs> My advice was just going to be keep eating ice cream but because uh, <laughs> you should never deprive yourself of ice cream I would say my advice to my future self is to keep showing myself how I love myself so we spoke to many therapists who said how you receive love is actually what you're accustomed to from your past so if you've never shown yourself the love that you want you'll never recognize it in someone else and I found that to be fascinating because we talk about love languages and how you should speak to your partner. But if you don't know how you love yourself, how would you ever know how someone else loves you? So I, that's the advice. Yeah, that's very good advice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. I know we are limited on time and I want to give everyone a chance to talk to each other. But here we always get this question. What are some top learnings? that you can take away from the Dateable podcast. What, what, what are some, the, like the biggest pieces of advice? And here are the top five. One is you can't control external factors. You can only control yourself, your thoughts and your behaviors. So by us blaming the city, by us blaming the technology, it actually does, does no good because that's uncontrollable. We can only control how we receive that kind of external factor. Everyone's guilty of what you complain about. That's a great learning. If you're complaining about people ghosting on you or people not returning your texts, you're probably guilty of it too. So again, controlling your own behavior is step number one. Empathy goes a long way. Sometimes if someone doesn't do the actions that you want them to do, we have to recognize you never know what someone's going through in their journey. We've spoken to multiple people who've been on dates and who, you know, have like one of those like great first dates and then nothing ever comes out of it. And then you speak to the other person and you realize they're going through something really rough. You just don't know because you're just entering into their life at the at this middle point. You have to go through the trenches. There are no hackathons here. You can't hack your way through love. You have to be in the trenches because you are exactly where you need to be. We spoke to a couple who had been friends for eight years before they got together because they needed the eight years of heartbreak, the eight years of learnings and other relationships to truly appreciate each other. Relationships involve other people. So for anyone who's afraid to get into a relationship, who's like, no, I, I, I want to be this independent woman. I don't want anybody tying me down. Actually, relationships are about how you relate to other people. The more you are afraid of getting into a relationship, the more that you don't know how to relate, the more we don't know how to connect anymore. So don't be afraid to get into relationships. And last but not least, this is the one that I think is really big, is that we should ask for constant feedback. So we had this episode called The Exit Interview, where a guy came to us and said, I keep on going on these first dates on Bumble. Hundreds of first Hundreds. dates. Hundreds. <laughs> and none of them amounted to anything. So we're like, 
You know what we're going to do? We're going to call them up. So we called up five <laughs> most recent dates, first dates, and we asked for honest feedback. Whoa. And you have to listen to this episode because what he perceived from these five dates were completely different than what the women perceived. And I can tell you this, all five women would have gone out on a second date with him. He thought none of them were interested. Boom, mic drop right there. <laughs> so we should be asking for constant feedback, not just of ourselves, but like mid-date. You know, even if you're with your partner for like 10 years, if you're out on date night in the middle, just like, are you having a good time? Hmm. How are you feeling? Check back. Constant feedback is what's gonna help us evolve, develop, and learn about your partner and yourself and the people around you. So those are the biggest learnings that we've taken from the Dateable Podcast. If you like to be a guest on the Dateable Podcast, we are now um, trying to find guests for season 10. We were all looked for season nine, but season 10, we're looking for all sorts of stories. We hear from all different perspectives. We've had diaper fetishes. We've been to a sex party and recorded there. Oh yeah, we have. Sorry family. Sorry Julie's family. Uh, we've had um, we've had a single mother come on the show. We've had polyamorous relationships. We had open relationships. We had unicorns. We've had, yeah, unicorns. Uh, we, unicorn? Ah, hey, hey, hey. Inez? Just kidding. <laughs> She's like, I learned about it. I was a unicorn once. But we want the New York stories. We want the New York stories too. A unicorn is basically a third that a couple adopts into their relationship and uh, takes him or her in as a pet for sexual and sometimes non-sexual reasons. Ines? Right? I knew it! I knew it! You're the perfect profile of a unicorn. Not looking for a relationship, independent, cute and bubbly. I mean, I, I'll take you as a unicorn as well. Are you interested in all different generations? All different generations. Oh, yeah. Of course, that's why we're here. All right, okay, so we'll wrap this up. We're going to do a little networking and get meet and greet and everything. But thank you so much to The Wing and to Charlotte from Circle for having us here in New York City. This and is awesome. Yeah. For doing thank this. you, so Mary thank Jane. You thank you, Liz. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Um, so this is how we wrap up every episode. On the count of three, we say stay dateable. So we're all going to say that in unison. One, two, three. Stay, stay dateable. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. 